Money Sense, bringing an informed financial perspective to the Cayman community. Good morning and welcome to Money Sense, presented by the CFA Society of the Cayman Islands. I'm your host, Amy Hubble, and I am thrilled to be joined in studio by Monique Frederick, the head of asset management at Butterfield Bank and former CFA Society president. Welcome, Monique. Thank you. Welcome. And um, a pleasant good morning as well to your listening audience. Pleasant good morning to all of us. Now, January is usually the time that we kind of come up with these New Year's resolutions. And unbelievably, we're almost at the end of January, right? I mean, we're three, four weeks in already. And I know as January comes to an end, a lot of those New Year's resolutions that seemed so easy to do at, at the end of December or the first day of January maybe have either fallen off or never got started. So I think now is probably a good time to talk about some of those resolutions, especially financial resolutions, which I think people usually say that financial resolutions are the number two most popular resolution right behind getting healthy. And I think we were even talking about some of our own resolutions before before the show, and a lot of them were surrounding getting healthy and that, that that kind of realm. But a lot of people, I think, make resolutions in terms of getting invested, starting a budget, just getting their finances in order. Did you make any resolutions this year, Monique? Yeah, I think I'm in the, the same camp as most people, which is the health and fitness ones come first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then maybe you have sort of the education career goals and you may have some of those, uh, you know, emotional well-being type resolutions, like spending more quality time with friends and family. But um, but no, you're you're right. The the resolutions are, you know, it's it is January and that's where the focus is. And, you know, today what I would really like to focus on is Yes, it's fine. It's it's those resolutions and goals um, that lead to financial well-being, right? And while I know there are probably members of the audience who may be very well versed at investments, um, you know, I would really like to focus on those individuals in our community that are either they haven't started or you know they think that investments is not uh, not for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just. To think about it, right, and we were talking about this before the show, I mean, last year really was a phenomenal year, right? U.S. stocks were up 30%, nearly. 30%, right. Exactly. And then for the twelve, the last 12 years, you know, the, the markets have been up. So you've, you would have, whatever you put in, you would have taken out more if you've been invested for, you know, for the 12 years. And, you know, I did a, a, a quick calculation um, the other day. If you'd put in... $10,000, right, in the S&P 500 12 years ago, it would have been worth $57,000 today. Well, um, does that count the, the month of January or is that to the end of the month? We've so that would have been, yeah, and I know, right? And, and so, and, and that's an interesting point that you bring up because most people have been worried, right, over right. the past yeah. year. I mean, they've been worried all along, but we have great examples in, in January where they're worried about, well, markets will go down, so maybe I should wait, you know, when yeah, people markets seem to are... be worried all the time. They're worried when the market's high because they think yeah. that it's about to crash, and then they're worried when the market crashes that it's going to crash more. It's like people are just always worried, and I think kind of you and I take the path, and we even before the show we were saying, man, it is hard to be an investment manager with this week just because it's it's those questions, is, is now the time? And the, the answer is... 
the answer is there's <laughs> there's is never a good time or never a bad time, <laughs> right? right? It's it's really there's never a perfect time. Let's put it that way, because whether you're twenties, your thirties, your forties, whatever the age is, right? Either if it is because you're waiting to say maybe when I have more money or maybe when the market is down 20 percent or, um, you know, when when I have that extra savings, that's when um, I'm going to get um, started. And I think that the main point is that you can't achieve a goal if you don't take a first step. Right. Exactly. Whether even if it's a baby step. Right. But taking that step um, you know, and, and for your listening audience, I mean, this might be a very good example that, you know, did some rough calculations. Like if you invested, if you invest a thousand dollars, right, and then add a hundred dollars to that every month, right, for for twenty five years, mm-hmm. and you assume, let's make an assumption that on average the markets return about eight percent, let's say, right. In that those twenty five years, at the end of the twenty five years, you would have nearly a hundred thousand dollars. Now. If you wait and you say, I'll wait 10 years when I have a bit more money, I have maybe a better job. So instead of starting with the thousand, I'll, then I'll put in 10,000. But now you only have 15 years right, to get to the, that same 25. And you do the same thing. You add $100 um, every month. At the end of those that 25 years, you end up with $65,000. So in the first instance, you were nearly 100. The second one, 65,000. So I think the main point of the story so is... So most of that is compounding. It's not even as much as what you've put in as much as exactly. that, is that what you started with has, has compounded it. And it's just through time, right? I think of it a lot of uh, ways in terms of like families growing. It takes generations to grow a family, but it can start with two people. And mm-hmm. two people can create, you know, depending depending on how many children yes. they have, and then how many yeah. children those children have, and then how many children those children's children have. It, I even read a stat yesterday that said it took us two hundred million years to get to a billion people on Earth, and then it only took us two hundred more years to get to seven billion people. And that's I think yeah. the power of compounding in terms of investing that I think people just don't always grasp. They think of it in a short term time period, or they think of what stock do I need to buy today that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna blow up and I'm gonna get rich within a month or in six months or in a year. And it's not necessarily how how you build that wealth that way. It is through that just regular automatic savings to yourself that's going to compound over time. Yeah, and, and I think the, the main message just from that story is that it's better to start early with a lower amount than start right. later with a larger amount. So you're right. saying we should start today. Any day. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> but today, it's a resolution, right? We it's have to resolution. get started. <laughs> so even if it's if it's January 27th, we don't have to start on January 1st. You, you, you don't have to wait till next year to get oh, started again. It's not too late. It's not too late. But yeah. I, I did see a stat that there had been, you know, I think the pandemic had led to a lot of new investors. And we heard a lot of the the nonsense through the meme stocks or the game stocks and the Robin Hoods of the world. And there was there's now 25 million new investors in the last two years or so from the pandemic, which they're for the first time, even just this month, kind of seeing their money go down. I mean, same kind of in the crypto markets. Like mm-hmm. it, you see, you see these markets going crazy, and you're like, lots of people around you are getting rich, or at least you hear it and you feel like everybody's getting rich, but you. And then, like obviously, months like January comes around, and you're down. I don't know what crypto's down, but you're down ten percent on the equity markets, and 
that can be discouraging, I think, for especially for somebody that's a, a new investor. What would you say to them? Yeah, no, it, it, it's a fair point because, you know, as we said from the start, you know, you've had technically a bull market things going up for for 12 years. Yeah. Right. So if you've started within the last 12 years, you're not familiar with things really going down. Yes. And, and I think, you know, it's one of the, the, the points in terms of when you're investing and determining what to invest in. You know, in my mind, there are two main considerations to contemplate. And even for the, for all the new investors, these are some of the things to consider, right? One is what's the investment time horizon? You know, what? Right. how much time do you have to achieve whatever the goal is that you're yeah, trying to achieve? Yeah, when do you need this money? Right? Because, for example, if it's if you're retiring in 10, 15 years um, or, or longer, right, you yeah, have an ability. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure when we're retiring. But, you know, you have the ability, you know, to take on um, more stocks because stocks right. in general grow over time and you have, um, you know, the, the way to beat inflation. Yes. Versus if we're talking about, you know, you need the funds in five years or less, right, then looking at investing in stocks or putting substantial amount in stocks, probably not a good idea. The other thing to look at as well is risk tolerance, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, your ability and willingness to take risk. And I find the easiest way um, to kind of assess that for yourself is just to ask yourself the question, if I'm invested in the markets and um, markets go down, let's say, 3 4% today, Am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Right. Or will I be panicking? Am I thinking about this? Am yeah. I am I worried about it? Am I calling call, calling Amy and Monique and saying what should I do? That means you're overinvested, probably. Yeah. Then it, then that means yeah, you it's, it's too much risk, right? You've you've too much in um in most likely in stocks. So I think those two things are things to take into consideration when you're sort of starting out um, on investments. Mm-hmm. All right. So you mentioned time horizon and risk. So once you've kind of assessed those two factors, whether or not with yourself or with a with a quiz or even just kind of a, a feeling or talking to somebody else, is it just a matter of choosing your first investment or choosing your first stock or or what do you think? Um, almost, but not there. We're not, not yet. There yet. Okay. <laughs> You're not there yet because basically, you know, it's like building a house, right? You, there needs to be a foundation. Right, so right. here you need sort of a financial foundation. And um, part of that foundation would be, you know, it's, it's usually recommended that you have at least six months of sort of emergency savings, right? So these are the funds that you've put aside, whether it's in cash or fixed deposit, something relatively safe that is there if you have an unexpected expense right. or maybe loss of a job, which, you know, we've seen a lot of that during the COVID mm-hmm. um, pandemic. So you want to build that first, right? And then the other um, item I, I guess I would say to also consider is if you happen to have um, high interest rate credit card balances. Oh my gosh, yes. Right. You also may want to consider those first because if you have one that is, you know, you're paying 15% interest, the stock market on Absolutely average is not. giving you right. 8%, you're better off just paying off the credit card. Yes, right? yes, by all, by all means. I I see that all the time. People even sitting in cash, it's like they build an emergency fund, but they still have this high interest rate credit card debt. 
And I'm like, you've got you've got to pay off that money. Like nothing is going to beat the interest rate on credit cards just because the rates are 15, 20, 25 percent sometimes. And that just like investments, that's going to compound against you in exactly the same way. And so you've absolutely got to get that credit card debt paid off. And I like the I like your allusion to building a house in terms of you can't just put a roof on a house if there's no foundation, if there's no walls, if there's no roof. And so buying stocks and especially buying stocks that may be that are just fun for you in terms of buying mm-hmm. <laughs> buying high flyers or buying crypto. I kind of think of that as as Maybe even after furniture, maybe just a, a very fancy, a fancy appliance in that point. And then it's it's once the house is built, that's what you want to focus on first. You can't start with buying a couch and just put it on the street. That's that's not something you can live on. You've got to have that. You've got to have that foundation. You've got to have those walls. You've got to have the roof. Got the furniture. You've got to have a house to live in, and then and you can kind of play with some of these things. Correct. Yeah. And that that seems to be especially in the last couple of years, at least for me, a conversation that I cannot have enough times. And you know, a lot of a lot of times I, I hear these people just like, you don't get it, or crypto is changing the world or or anything else. And I said, I maybe not, but but to be you absolutely have to have that foundation built before you start adding on to it. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree with that. You know, and all the and all the, the other asset classes, they all have their place. You know, but before you get started, as you said, you know, you do need to have some financial foundation. Yeah, and that's we should come back to that after the break in terms of asset allocation because you don't just want to buy one stock or just be in one country or something like that. We do want to diversify. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk more about how to get started with investing and budgeting for the new year with Monique Frederick. All right, welcome back to Money Sense. Today with Monique Frederick, the head of asset management for Butterfield Bank, we are talking about New Year's resolutions and how to get started with investing and getting your finances in order. Before the break, I think we talked about, you know, before we buy that first stock, things that we need to be looking at in terms of building out an emergency fund and paying off our credit cards. But once you are at that point of investing, you don't just want to buy one company or just put all of your risk into into one company or one one country, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, right? It's it's all about, you know, a, a word that's used quite often, diversification. diversification. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's about making sure you don't have put all your eggs in one basket, right? right. Um, we see, I mean, we've seen it with markets um, very recently, you know, a, a, a stock that may have been sort of a high flyer and has excellent performance. Peloton. Um, yeah. <laughs> Peloton was one. Netflix was, right. you know, these are names that everybody knows. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go down a lot more right. than expected. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it is about um, making sure that you're diversified. I mean, we talked a little bit about stocks. You know, there's obviously bonds, there's cash, there's, you know, fixed deposits, there. Um, and then you have sort of the alternatives, whether you're looking at things like uh, commodities or gold or hedge funds or and then the one that comes up a lot in conversations, crypto. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so there's all of those. But I think it's it's really, um, you know, going back to what we discussed earlier, where first you're trying to see 
what's the risk appetite, what's the time horizon, and then based on on that, you then look at, okay, how much exposure should I have to these various asset classes? Um, because obviously they are all have a different risk-reward profile and right. different volatility. And, and well, how do you know that, though, if you're, if you're just a regular listener um, – out on this, uh, just on on Google, you're on at Yahoo Finance or something. You're just kind of googling around. How do you how do you kind of look at stocks? And a lot of times, I say you know you need to do your research on stocks. But a lot of times, you know, people may not know how to do research on stocks or but who to talk to in terms of of how to how to get started. Yeah. So I think I mean, there's a lot more information out there these days yeah. right and and the, the whole which can in- be good and bad exactly and the whole investment landscape i mean it has become a lot more accessible i mean mm-hmm. you, there are all these trading apps that that are out there yeah. these days so i think in terms of deciding cuz sometimes the first the, the question that um, individuals may have is okay do i do this myself um, or should i seek financial advice and what i would say is that you know, if you enjoy making investment decisions and, you know, you may consider buying some, um, an index fund or... Um, What's an index fund? Well, a basket, <laughs> you know, a basket of um, of stocks. So one that's um, used a lot and referenced a lot is the S&P 500, right? Okay. So let's say the 500 top companies in the U.S., mm-hmm. the, the easiest way to, to explain it. So... It's diversified because there's 500, 500 companies stocks. in there, right? So um, that may be one way mm-hmm. of getting that exposure. Um, sometimes, if you know, if you don't have the time and you know you don't want to be monitoring it, another way may be to go into a mutual fund if you're starting out. Um, and then, if you really are not sure, you know what right. what to do, where to start, then I would say you should definitely seek financial. Um, advice and financial guidance. Um, what I've also seen happen sometimes, which for those individuals that may have a larger amount, let's say, to to invest, is they may have a portfolio that's managed by an investment professional, and then on the side they'll have a self-directed right. account, which that's is one where it, yeah they're trading a lot, and you know the, investing is a hobby. Yeah, they're fun money, right? Exactly. So so there are different ways to go about it. Um, in terms of the the research and everything that's out there, um, looking at how the investment landscape is changing, and we were talking about sort of the you know the meme stocks and 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 different types of um, trends right. that are taking place. Um, there is a positive and a negative side to that, right? So um, these days, financial advice is being obtained in a way from whether it's influencers or celebrities or, you know, uh, bloggers uh, that may be on YouTube or TikTok. And on the one hand, you know, it improves financial literacy, right? Right. That That's certainly a positive, you know, more people are familiar now and understand maybe a, a bit more about what's out there. Um, on the other hand, I would just encourage individuals to be a bit more careful, a bit more aware, um, because, well, aware of potentially scams. But on the other hand, you know, the traditional model where investment professionals are licensed and registered and they have certain fiduciary responsibilities, which these, the individuals that may, you know, they may just be a celebrity or they may be an influencer not coming from the investment um, industry at all. Um, 
And while I think the fact that they're talking about it is great for financial literacy, um, but they don't have a fiduciary duty, right? So they're not certain regulations that they need to follow. So it's just trying to be a bit more careful in terms of if, if somebody comes out and says, put all your money in this particular stock or one stock, you know, that's just, yeah, that's, that, wrong, that's, that's danger thing. right there, right? So yeah, I agree 100%. And I, I especially am so excited about technology and the the platforms out there that now give, you know, it really gives access to anybody that wants to invest where that has not been the case. And even index funds and, and ETFs and this, the ability to be to build a well diversified portfolio, and to do it on your own. Right now in history has just never, never been this way. In the past, you you would have had to have a your own stockbroker, and you really would have ha- you have to ha- you would have had to have mass amounts of more money in terms of actually having access to the stock markets, access to the public markets. And so, I am such a fan of just the ability of of the entire population, at least the opportunity to mm-hmm. have access to the markets at a very low cost. But exactly what you're saying, there are so many risks. I. I've been there's this there's this commercial in the states and I was home for Christmas and so I kept seeing it between the football games and everything and it's Matt Damon and he's just walking around all this space equipment and it's all it's it's very well produced and mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of powerful music and he just looks in the camera and you know obviously this is I'm sure an Oscar winning just actor and he's like Fortune favors the brave. <laughs> it's like crypto.com. Yes. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> yes. Again, not that I'm against crypto necessarily, but it's it's so far past where people need to get started to. And so that's exactly what you're talking about as you see these these uh, celebrities. I mean, Matt, why are you taking investment advice from Matt Damon, who's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the whether it's the companies, the websites, the new, yeah. um, you know, the the new trading platforms, you know, are obviously using celebrities in terms of promoting um, what they're doing. And as you said, I mean, there there's nothing wrong with Even innovation. The Elon Musk's that are and, he's on social media yeah. and <laughs> tweeting all the time, this crazy stuff. We have so much access to people. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know. But I think with every new trend or any new, you know, any innovations, there's always going to be a time, right, for this to work itself out in terms of, you know, there's always risks. There's always, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to have a certain percentage that is could be a scam. And so it's just really treading carefully, yeah. right, and, and getting to understand that. Yeah, and I would encourage, I I have the conversation, at least here in Cayman a lot, in terms of, people people view kind of the traditional stock markets as as something that they don't really understand or or intangible versus say real estate and and real estate obviously is is a great investment on this island we know that we're growing rapidly we obviously have seen real estate prices through the roof but a lot of times i i just try to bring people back to earth about the difference in investing in real estate which is almost like I mean, beyond your house, you absolutely want to invest in, mm-hmm. in where you live. But investing past where you live, that's really like running your own business, right? I mean, you do have to pay stamp duty. You do have to pay um, for 
for when things break. You have to sometimes pay management company. You have to get renters in there. You've got to if the if the house floods. These are these are all things you have to kind of have to take care of. Versus investing, there's none of that. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, real estate in terms of you know where it's um, like a rental property. Obviously, there there's certainly a lot involved with that, as you mentioned. Um, and then, you know, some are doing it for the income. Some might be doing it just for, um, you know, the capital gains, being able right. to, to, to sell it. it. Just people seem to be able to understand how they make money in real estate a lot easier. And so how do we how do we kind of pivot, not, not to say that investing in real estate isn't a good investment necessarily, but how do we, how do we kind of promote traditional investing as as more understandable, I guess. Yeah, I think the fact that it's one that is becoming more accessible is helping because I think there was a perception that um, in some cases that, you know, investing is only for a certain group of people. Exactly. You know, like you need to have a certain amount of wealth before you can even get started, which is not the case, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think that's part of it. And then in, in Cayman, we just based on what people have seen and they may have seen that around them or from family or others there is also a perception that r- real estate prices will go up forever yeah um that real estate never goes down correct so you know there is a place for real estate in sure. terms of an overall investment portfolio i think um it, the the main difference as well between the two i i think to focus on is liquidity right because when you need the funds exactly. or when you need something um, you cannot easily now. The last year in Cayman has been exceptional. So, yes. <laughs> but in general, it's not a case where you know you can just easily liquidate and and sell whatever the property may be because you yeah need you can't the funds. sell and have cash in two days like right. like you can with with investments exactly. And so I think it's you know the goal here is just to make people aware that it is it is accessible it it doesn't have to do with you know i i need to be warren buffett before i can right. start investing right it's about starting early even with a small amount um and in the long run yes there's volatility and things go up and down but in terms of in the long run you know it if you look at the figures you would see right that it's in general an upward trend, yep. right? Not in a short time period, but over the long run. Yeah, yeah. there's never been a there's never been a ten year period at, that uh, the stock market has not returned positive returns. Yeah, and I think you know, and and you know, I know we're getting close to the end here, and I think one of the things that I would really like to get across to the listening audience is that investments are an essential tool to the road, um, on, on the road to financial well-being, right? And it's just like any other um, resolution and any other goal that we may have, um, it's typically not a straight road, right? It's a windy road. Yes, very much. Um, and in Cayman, we're actually should be very used to this because we have lots of roundabouts, <laughs> and yet we still manage to make it home Every single day, right? We don't get stuck in the roundabout going in a circle over and over. So we still manage to make it home. So I think it's about really getting started and focusing on, 
you know, you're trying to get home, you're trying to get to a specific end point, and it's not going to be a straight road. But if you stay committed, you'll get there. Wise words. All right. Well, Monique, we are out of time. So thank you so much for coming on. I know you've been on with us a lot. and We are always just so pleased for you to come. As a final note, we wish to remind our listeners that a rebroadcast of today's show can be heard as a podcast on the CFA Society Cayman Islands webpage, as well as on all your favorite mobile podcasting platforms and encourage anyone who has a question or topic that they wish us to cover to please tweet us at at Radio and join the conversation. With that, thanks again and please tune in in two weeks time.